Perfect. I'm so glad that you're with me today. And this uh, this week, we get to look at some very practical ways to apply and integrate ways of uh, getting our relational circuitry back on and learning how to stay relational. We talked last week about the bridges and the ability to bear uh, capacity or weight, uh, capacity being the ability to bear weight uh, and how many things that come at us on a daily basis that can tend to overwhelm us or make us feel like we're stuck in life. And so some of the practices that we're going to cover today, I believe, are going to be very helpful, very practical, and things that you can just do on a daily basis that are going to help you to become aware of when your relational circuits are going on and uh, are going off so that you can bring them back online because you're going to see the brain science behind this is really incredible. And as I've learned some of this stuff over the past five years, and by no means am I an expert on it, but I really have a hope and a desire to give you some tools that can help you understand how you work, how you function, so that you can live a connected life with the Lord on a daily basis. And you can live from a place of joy that is going to increase your leadership, uh, your, your identity, uh, your influence, the impact in the world around you, um, your ability to love people from a whole other place, uh, from God's heart and with his intention, with his compassion and mercy, and most importantly, to look and to reflect Jesus uh, more into the world around you, that they would just fall in love with the person of Jesus, because he is going to be the one that is going to lead them into this incredible place of peace and rest and life. And so let me say at the beginning of this episode that Proverbs is a place that I draw from a lot in life. And I want to just read a few verses and teach you a little technique about how to really seek and apply God's wisdom. Because Solomon was a guy who wrote the book of Proverbs, one of the wisest guys that ever lived. Um, when the Lord asked him what he needed, he said, I need wisdom in order to lead your people. And Proverbs was one of the fruits that came from all that Solomon had learned in life. And I love God's wisdom. I love its ability to enrich our lives and to give us uh, something far superior to what our wisdom and knowledge is apart from him. And so I want to teach you a little exercise in scripture that I learned from a guy uh, that I love to listen to as well. But it's just kind of a way of reading scripture out loud and then also personalizing it so that you begin to not only hear it, but it begins to start to sink in and you believe it and it becomes a confident expectation of what you're expecting and hoping for the word of God to do is because when we come to the word of God, we don't just come not expecting it to do anything and just reading information on a page, but I've come to really love what the word of God can do in my life and how it can change my circumstances. And this is just one of those simple little exercises that you can do on a daily basis. And so I'm just going to read maybe the first 10 or 11 verses and just kind of show you this little exercise that I began to do. And I'm intentional with why I'm doing this today as well, because we're talking about practical tools. And when we learn practical tools that we can do on a daily basis, it's really wisdom, applying what God has given us in order to enrich our daily lives and experience so that we can live from the heart God's given us into our true identity and impact all of those around us. And so Here's Proverbs chapter two, starting at verse one. 
It says, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? And this is from the Passion Translation. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then, and only then, will you acquire it. And then I read it back to the Lord and personalize it to him as I say, I am your child and I will treasure your wisdom. And then I will acquire it. I have acquired it, Lord. Thank you that I have acquired your wisdom. I'm receiving your wisdom in this place. And I accept it as my advice from you, Lord. And he says, I, and I and hide it within, will you succeed? He said, and only if you accept my advice and hide it within, will you succeed? And so I'm going to cry out to the Lord and I say to the Lord, I have accepted your wisdom and advice and I hide it deep within my heart. I hide it deep in my thinking and pray that it would come out into the daily uh, choices and decisions that I make. Verse two says, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. And I love this verse. So I'm saying to the Lord, I will train my heart to listen when you speak, O Lord. And I open my spirit wide to expand your discernment. And then I will pass it on to my children. Verse three, yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. Lord, I cry out for comprehension and intercede for, um, for insight. Lord, I desire insight. I desire comprehension. And I believe you want to give it to me today. Verse four. For if you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure. Lord, I do keep seeking it like a man that would seek for silver. I desire it and I want to cherish it just as I cherish a treasure. He says, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Lord, thank you that I've discovered the fear of the Lord. And I find true knowledge in you. Verse six says, wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Sometimes I just sit there with it a moment and just let it build my heart and it encourages me that it builds this expectation and this fire inside my bones where I just want to get it in my spirit and have it there all day. So I'm going to personalize verse six. And I, and I say to God, God, wisdom is your gift. You are a generous God. And every word you speak is full of revelation. And it becomes a fountain of understanding within me. <laughs> Just getting a vision of what that fountain that's overflowing inside of me, of God's wisdom into the world around me, in part, of how I see myself. And I know I've been called to bring strength into the other people's lives and into their hearts. It's through God's fountain of wisdom and I'm receiving it on a daily basis. And it becomes a fountain of understanding within me. And so I'm trying to visualize and internalize what that fountain of wisdom produces in me and how it enables me to see life and see people in relationships through the eyes of God and to feel 
how God feels towards his children and his people and what he wants to do for them. Verses 7 and 8 say, For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. So Lord, I thank you that you have a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to me, your godly lover, because I am a godly lover. I love you so much. And I thank you that this storehouse of wisdom is accessible to me. Help me to find it. Help me to live in it, Lord. And I thank you that you become my personal bodyguard. As, you, as I follow your ways, you protect and you guard me as I choose what is right according to your ways. In verses 9 and 10, he says, then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. <clears throat> Father, thank you that you make it available for me to see what is just and proper and fair. I thank you that you've empowered me to make the right decisions as you walk me into my destiny. Verse 10 says that when wisdom wins, your heart and revelation breaks in. True pleasure enters your soul. So Father, thank you that your wisdom wins my heart today and your revelation breaks in. And as your wisdom and revelation breaks in and wins my heart today, true pleasure enters my soul. So Father, I'm experiencing your pleasure in my soul of your wisdom and revelation, setting me free, captivating my heart. In verse 11, he says, if you choose to follow good counsel and divine design, Sorry, if you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. So as I close this proverb, I just declare this over my life is that wisdom wins my heart and it breaks in in true pleasure of being connected with God. I feel it in my heart. In verse 11, I choose to follow good counsel, O Lord. And I thank you that your divine design will watch over me as a result. And understanding will protect me from making poor choices. So, Father, as I give you my day today, this is what I pray in the morning. I try to each day. Proverbs like this as I'm going through them. God, as I go about today, I thank you that you are going to help me make the right decisions and keep me from making poor decisions. God, I want to live from your heart. I want to live in relationship with the people around me. And I thank you for the rich blessing and the inheritances that I have in these 11 verses of Proverbs. And I want to come back to them throughout my day keeping them around my neck, as he says in Proverbs, keeping them buried and treasured in my heart. Thank you for your wisdom and how it's going to lead me in the decisions that I have to make. And I pray that your wisdom would lead me into experiencing being connected with you, but also with the world around me, Lord. 
So thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for how it's changed me already today. Thank you for the environment and the culture it's set in my heart, in my spirit, and in my thinking, Lord. I love you. I pray uh, that the rest of our time together today would be full of practical ways of how we can just live from a relational place. Thank you, Jesus. In your wonderful name, amen. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Man, I forget sometimes that when I don't do that exercise in a while, um, man, it's just got me full of joy, full of feeling connected to God and just so thankful and grateful for how the Lord gives us his word and how it's not just meant to be on a page, but how it can change the culture of my heart and change the course in the way that I go about my day and how I interact with the ones that I love. And it can take me from despair into a place of hope, take me from a place of fear into a place of joy. It can take me from a place of sadness into a place of feeling hopeful and joy of being connected with people, feeling isolated and like I want to avoid people into a place of being connected and wanting relationship and knowing that it's like it's like medicine to my body, medicine to my soul. And it's going to fill my joy tank up today. So I pray that little exercise would just be a, a model and an example uh, because it's been very helpful for me. And I love just giving things away that have been transforming in my life and in my heart in the way that I experience God's heart through his word. And I begin to hear it. And then I begin to declare it. And it becomes part of my daily language of just letting the father know how much I value his word. Not letting him know how much I value his heart and his thoughts. Man, sometimes these things do more for me, I think, than it probably does for you guys. But uh, all right, let's jump in. Uh, as I wanted to just share a few things uh, from this book, Building Bounce, again, things that we've talked about uh, last week was just this bridge analogy of how much weight we can bear. And if you're like me, you know, I want to be able to have a greater capacity and a greater ability to live from joy on a daily basis for my wife, for my kids, for those that God has called me to lead. And one of the, the abilities and the foundations that I know I have to live from and experience in my daily life to establish it in the world around me is my ability to regulate my emotions and to feel them, to be connected to them. Because as a man, and I know as other men that I've related with in this world, emotions are something that we often don't understand and can get the best of us. And we often neglect them. We often see them as being feminine or something that females maybe can connect with. But God has given us emotions for a reason. And there's a there's a, a godly desire for them and, and a function for them. But then there's also ways that the enemy can take control of our emotions. And if we don't know how to regulate them, we get stuck. We live overwhelmed. We live with no hope, no joy, no love of being connected with God, being loved by God. And we're not able to have the influence or the impact in the world that God has called us to. But what we're going to look at today are the very practical ways in that God has revealed his heart and his wisdom 
that I pray can be a blessing and can serve you and be a tool that you pull from your tool belt when you feel like the world is too much or there's so much negativity around you that you need to connect to the source of life, one who is going to breathe into you, um, refreshing, restoring, renewing. He's going to reform things in your life so that you can reform them in the world around you. So you are incredibly loved by the Father. And that's the place that we start from today. Because if you look at the way God has wired our body, it is absolutely incredible. And it's like a trillion dollar machine. Uh, if you could even put any kind of value on the way God has created and designed our physical and human bodies, because what they are capable of is so incredible that it is a divine design, in my opinion, and it's backed by scripture, I believe, is that we aren't just here by chance, but our bodies have such an intricate and profound design to be able to sustain us in this world today. And, and this is just something from this book that I found absolutely fascinating, just kind of looking at um, our, our autonomic nervous system and how it functions in our nervous system is that uh, there's a sympathetic branch of our nervous system that is like a gas pedal. And the parasympathetic branch is like a brake. And if you have your foot on the gas too long, your body will experience too much stress and things will start breaking down. I'm sure many of us have felt like that um, either uh, recently or in our past is that it's like everything is just revved up in your life and it starts to break down. And then our parasynthetic nerve system, it says acts um, like having a foot on the brake too often and you will wear down and feel sluggish. And so these are two ways that our bodies often react to the emotions that we feel that are um, created and formed our emotions are through our circumstances, through the situations of what we feel on a daily basis. And really God's desire and design wasn't for us to live uh, either really revved up or um, sluggish, like our we have our foot on the gas all the time, but there's times in life where there's a rhythm where we get amped up. And that's where I've talked about this rhythm of joy and um, being able to rest in quiet and how it brings balance and stability and a foundation that is going to help us endure and to suffer well, which when I look around, um, I don't always do all that well. And I know people in my world that have the same issues. And when I get to hear their stories or see examples of people who are building their capacity and want to grow and mature, it brings so much life into me. And I want to be one of those people as well, because I know that I'm on this earth with a purpose to bring God's kingdom. And I want to live from the identity and with the grace that God has shown me so that I can support, encourage, build up, and help my wife, my kids, the people that God has called me to lead to the best of my ability that is going to impact their world as well. <clears throat> and I'm going to skip down a paragraph or so. 
in this chapter also talking about the ability to self-regulate our emotions. And it says this, that self-regulating refers to one's ability to recognize and control the impact of the emotions on the body and the nervous system. Self-calming strategies like breathing and mindfulness can quiet a state of hyperarousal so the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the identity center, remains online. This allows people to act like themselves even during stressful situations. Once a person is able to self-regulate, they can start helping others. In technical terms, they become external regulators who help others learn to regulate their emotions so they don't stay overwhelmed or shut down. And I loved, there was a few things I loved from this simple paragraph there is that God has given us these um, incredible systems in our bodies to self-regulate these emotions, to learn how to quiet so that the part of our brain where our identity center is, we can act like ourselves and remain relational with the people around us. And once we learn some of these skills, we're able to be, um, to train and teach and equip other people how to do this as well. And I hope that's the desire of your heart is to live from a place where you can help others in these emotions. And so I'm going to go through a few of these exercises from a few different resources, and I'll kind of mention the resources at the end. But this is from that book, Building Bounce Again by Marcus Warner and Stephanie Hinman. And these are practical ways that I've implemented things into my life. And I'll give you a few examples as well. So as you know, Marcus Warner, he's a guy that loves acrostics. And the first acrostic that I'm going to go through is something you can remember by the word best. And each letter is going to represent something. And so the B stands for breathe in a square. This is something that I've heard has been taught by the Marines um, and a lot of military branches as well. But in times where you're starting to feel overwhelmed, or if you're starting to notice some of those seven characteristics we talked about last episode of your RC's uh, switch being turned off, it's just breathe in a square. So just stopping, just kind of seeing yourself maybe starting from the top. And as you go across to make the top line, you just take a four, four count. So breathe in for a count of four. And as you go down, breathe out for four, breathe in for four, and release for four. And you see how you built that box. And sometimes visualizing that just helps kind of become a soothing mechanism for something that you can do. And so a lot of times with my own kids, sometimes when I see them getting amped up or their foot's on that gas pedal, I'll just simply pull them aside and I'll just synchronize my breathing with them and just say, hey, like, let's do a breathing exercise here. So breathing in a square for four counts is something that you can do to just help quiet your body. Exaggerate emotion. Um, this can be something, uh, this may seem a little bit silly. It was to me at first, but this is a shalom my body exercise that Jim Wilder had done. And if you think about a young child in an infant stage, a lot of times when they're startled or scared, you know, what do you see them do is they'll throw their hands up, their eyes will get really big, and it's almost like they'll jolt back, right? So a lot of times in life, we come into these situations and these circumstances where they can jolt us or they can really scare us. And so 
one of the things, even in my online groups that we practice together, or even in groups, is doing this little exercise where you're just kind of looking down, kind of with your hands here, and then just kind of jolt yourself forward and take a deep breath. And then as you get up here, like you'll breathe in, like you're startled, and then all of a sudden just breathe out. Do it again. And then calm down. And one of the ways you can do this um, is take a simple scripture verse that's meaningful to you. One of the ones that I use often that's been referred to me is when you go up, you can just say, when I feel afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. And I like to just put the emotion that I'm feeling, like if I'm feeling fearful or if I'm feeling a lot of despair, I'll do this. When I feel despair or fear, I will trust in you, O Lord. And it seems a little bit silly at first, but once you actually start doing it, and it's just uh, what it does is it simulates how our body experiences intense emotions and how when we feel these intense emotions, we are building that pathway back in order to get us to a place of joy where we're centered and we can connect with God's peace. And so um, just exaggerating a certain emotion or even on your face sometimes, another silly way to do this if you're in a group is just do a check-in about how are you checking in emotionally? And instead of saying the word, you can just show it on your face and you can exaggerate that on your face and just beginning to pick up the non-verbals. So exaggerating an emotion, um, sting or soothe. Uh, singing is a great way that connects both halves of our brain. And a lot of times um, there was a method and a rhythm of why uh, people would sing at work because it would soothe them and it would integrate parts of their brain as the information with the experience that they were having. And so singing, that's why so many people are connected today to music because it does something in our spirit and our soul that is beyond just learning or reading about something. So soothing is another way you can do this. And um, if you've ever had a headache before, sometimes it's just good to take the tips of your fingers. And this is kind of in your temples here and you can soothe it. You might just need to rub it. And sometimes that can be soothing for a headache. Or even right here sometimes, I just like to do this. Or another, sometimes as a child, um, you know, they'll do this like on a cold day. And this can be soothing or comforting. So just doing these little gestures where you soothe your body and you begin to take these things on. The T in best is tense and release. Sometimes your body gets all these emotions and it can tense you up inside. And so sometimes what I like to do is like you see a child sometimes and they take their fists and what they do is you can tense it up real tight and then you can release it. And what I like to do is to do the release kind of slow and just notice how that feels in your body. So again, taking your hands and just imagining becoming really tense and just tensing up every muscle in your body and then just releasing it. And taking a breath as you do that. And as you release, just notice how that feels within your body. 
So that's the best acrostic for practices, for habits that you can build that can just really quiet your body. And I'm always amazed when I start to get tense and overwhelmed, just how these simple little things can kind of start to get my relational circuits back on. And so that's the first one that I wanted to share with you in terms of helping to regulate the emotions and being okay, being present with them, giving them space that it's okay to feel these emotions. But our, our goal and part of our maturity, growing that capacity of joy in our brain is beginning to experience these emotions that can overwhelm us in building creative ways about getting back to a place of being connected and joyful where you can be restful. That's going to allow you to be your um, true, re reflect your true identity that God has given you. And so I want to give you two other simple practices um, in terms of acrostics as well. And two things, cake and games. Two acrostics that can bring you back to a place of joy. And as you think literally about cake and games, hopefully there's a sense of playfulness or joy that comes to mind. I love cake. I like to eat cake and it's pleasurable. It brings a level of joy for me. Um, and then games, playing games. I love it. I love to compete. I was an athlete and I love these kind of things. But these are two acrostics that each letter stands for something. And I'm gonna give you some more practical tools here. And this can also be found in that Building Bounce book. Uh, another place that this is referenced is this book called Rare Leadership by Marcus Warner and Jim Wilder, uh, The Joy Switch by Chris Corsi. All three of these books really talk about these types of things. Um, but really the C in cake talks about curiosity and noticing that when our relational circuits are going off, you really don't care about other people around you or what's going on in their world you begin to amplify the problem and not the person. And so what what I've what I find to do my what I find myself doing in times where I notice my curiosity is not on is getting back to a place of being curious about well, what's really going on. A prime example of this is a lot of times when my kids are getting irritated whether that's with each other or they can't do something or they don't know where something is or there's a behavioral issue is I'm, I'm trying, and I don't always do this all that well, but trying to understand and ask curious questions about what's really happening. A great example of this in scripture was even in the garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve chose to eat from the tree that had been forbidden. And God asked Adam the question of where are you? Because Adam was caught in his shame, his guilt, and he was hiding. And God doesn't just come out and start trying to bring a solution and see the problem, but he asked Adam the question, where are you? And that is a relational question. God probably knew what had happened. He did know what happened and he could have addressed it with them, but he chose to ask them a question. He remained curious with them and he gave them choices and he gave them the consequences, yes, but he also remained curious and he always remains curious with us. And so whenever I notice going into relational mode is that I want to find a way to be curious and to ask good questions in a matter so that it can enable and it can empower uh, the person I'm relating to, to remain bigger than the problem. And two kind of things that have to do with curiosity are 
um, this whole idea, whole component of being curious is something that uh, is a skill that we have to develop in times where our relational circuits are off. The A stands for appreciation. There are several things that you can do around appreciation. And one of the things that I've started to do that I found very helpful is even just making an appreciation journal about writing down memories of things that you really appreciate and are grateful for. Because there's really two components that work in our lives. Appreciation works for us in terms of staying connected with God and with other people. And then there's also resentment. And resentment often makes us calloused and hard. Last episode, I referred to this about staying soft and sweet. And I believe that's a result of those who really practice this aspect of appreciation um, and being connected with things that you appreciate. And I store them in my phone and a journal. And I often go back to these and just really re-enter them and just fill my mind, fill my heart and just the emotions that I feel of being loved and connected and joy that I've experienced in them in learning to incorporate and perceive Jesus and how he interacted with me in those times and provide those as opportunities and blessings from my life. <clears throat> or I can resent things in life. And I've known a lot of people like this. And I can even fall into this tendency sometimes as I resent people and I resent things. Um, and it's often like those two opposite ends of a magnet that can repel each other um, or they can attract. And so if I want people to appreciate me, it's that idea that I need to be an appreciative person and sow that into the lives of other people so that I will reap it, so that other people will reap it, and their, their experience and their ability to connect with God will grow and increase. And when we appreciate, our capacity significantly increases, and our brain finds this rhythm of, of being creative, of being true, of being honest, of being um, genuine and living <clears throat> out our truest identity. And when things get overwhelming, when our brain is functioning at full capacity and, and firing uh, in the way God intended it to, um, we, we, we develop this aspect called a mutual mindset where we're in a mutual mind state with God and his thoughts and his ways and his wisdom. That's why we started off this episode from Proverbs 2. And when we begin to think this way from God's perspective and his wisdom, things just naturally seem to come together in a much more uh, fluid, uh, rhythmic way uh, that's not forced, that isn't um, predatory in nature, that's only looking out for myself. But just like we talked about from Philippians 2 last week, that I'm more concerned with the welfare and wholeness of others because I'm taking care of myself and I'm able to regulate these things in my life that aren't going to rob my peace and my joy and my connectedness to my Father and with other people. And you're able to consistently live from this place. So appreciation is key there. The K is talking about kindness, being kind to people, and it's often defined as shared joy or doing things that create joy for someone else. One of the things that I love to do as a dad for my children is simply creating opportunities and environments and taking them new places where we can just explore, that we can they can be children, that they can have fun, that they can laugh and do things that are going to challenge them 
Um, and just let them know that, you know, my wife and I love them so much and want to create these opportunities for them to really grow into and to flourish in these things. And one of the ways that I demonstrate this is through being kind, that we are going to do these things in a relational way. And I love how this book defines it. It says, joy is always relational. And the more that it is shared, the more it multiplies and amplifies other good emotions. This is why who we surround ourselves with and who the examples in our lives uh, are is so important that um, thinking back to people in my life and groups that I've been a part of that were joyful, that were glad to be together. When I came out of those groups, I would often go into other places and I would replicate that joy because we become what we see and observe and experience in the world around us. And that whole aspect of kindness is something that the Lord has been so kind to me and I've experienced that. And my desire for you would be for you to experience the kindness of the Lord and to begin to take that on um, so that you don't have to feel like you're going through life alone. And the last thing that's defined here are envelope conversations. And this is really a, a conflict resolution way that I've come to really love and appreciate. And I don't always do a great job, but if I believe if you can practice these things, it can go so far. But it's often, I heard it said this way once, is that it's like a relational sandwich, is that you put the meat of the conflict or the problem inside the two slices of bread, which are relational. So you start off with... Um, stating the history and the importance of the relationship. So if there's a conflict, you could kind of role play this with somebody too. Let's say that there's a conflict that's arisen. And so you get with this person and you say, you know, I've always appreciated our relationship. I've always appreciated this in you. Um, and you start off that this is really important to me. Um, and then you go to the middle, the conflict or the problem, and you begin to state here is what the problem really is. And then you close that by just saying that, um, you know, I want to end this in the hope that the relationship will be even stronger once the problem is solved. And so you're letting them know that I really want healthy conflict resolution here and that we can remain relational, that our relationship is going to be better. It's going to increase um, because we're not afraid of the ruptures that can happen. And this is a relational skill that we can learn. And another way that you can be put is simple eye contact, about making eye contact with those that you're uh, speaking with, letting them know that you're present with them. So Kate, four practical habits that you can build, curiosity, appreciation, kindness, and these envelope conversations. And the last one that I want to share with you today is in the acrostic of the word games. And this is just great tool. So the G stands for gratitude. And gratitude is really this ability to be thankful for what is present in your life, looking around you. It may not seem like much at times, but I guarantee you each one of us can find things that we are grateful for in the present moment. The A in game, anticipation, thinking about things that I'm looking forward to and letting them build a sense of anticipation and joy inside of me. So this is the future component of appreciation. So gratitude has to do with the present, uh, anticipation with the future, 
And then the M is for memories, things in our past that we can be grateful for, that we can recall how they've shaped us. And I loved how he put this in his book here um, about memories. Here are just some simple examples of what memories can be. It could be childhood memories, things like a favorite TV show or favorite holiday memories, favorite hobbies or sports memories, favorite creative ideas. You could go back to times when you were a young adult, friends from high school, events that made you smile, creative things you did with friends or favorite movies or songs from your college years. Could be family memories, courtship memories, wedding memories, family holidays, family vacations, or even nature memories that don't have to include other people. They can be things like mountains, water, snow, memorable weather events. These are great things to appreciate in terms of memories. For me, a lot of the greatest encounters that I've had with God have come around water or mountains. And I love just even recently this summer, we took a trip um, to the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. And you know, we were out on the water. Um, so encounters for me have been on boats and jet skis and kayaks. And these are moments, some of the most significant times in my life where I felt connected in the sense of God being so glad to be with me have come in doing the very things that I love to do. E, experiences. Creating experiences for yourself and others to enjoy together. This could be sharing meals, competing um, in a recreational sport, mountain biking, hiking in nature, walking the dog, spending time with dogs, setting up a family vacation, a reunion, all these kind of things uh, create experiences where that tank is being filled inside of you about relational capacity is growing. And then lastly, the S is singing. We talked about this in Cake or the, the best act acrostic as well. But singing has so much power where whether that's through worship, whether it's with song, but engaging our heart and our mind through this idea of singing connects so much internally within us that has such power to transform us and integrate parts of our experiences uh, that become part of the story that we know. And so cake and games, acrostics that can help you, tools in your tool belt that I hope you can draw from on a daily basis. And I believe that if you just spent five minutes a day doing these things, some of these simple exercises that we've talked about today, it'll start to grow that capacity. And it's gonna give you the ability to get back from these overwhelming emotions that get us stuck or overwhelmed so that you can experience the fullness of what God has for you and the fullness of who he is for you. And here's another simple little thing that I'll give. Maybe setting a timer on your phone every couple of hours, just as kind of an RC check. So go back last week to what kind of, I would print out that list and I just keep those things in front of me. Do I notice these things? And if I do, then maybe my relational circuits are off. But here's the other thing that it will do is that it'll help you be aware of the things that maybe take your joy on a daily basis. And it'll help you be aware that certain situations, certain things that you're doing, uh, dieting habits, exercising habits, all these things play into the overall overarching theme of our wholeness and our health. And so I'm just trying to give you uh, ways that maybe every couple of hours you can just check in and then even get a friend 
Um, check in with them. Hey, I'm noticing this or I'm discovering this. And when you share these experiences around appreciation or memories or gratitude, or you become curious, the more you share them and the more you bring people into your world, the more you're going to desire being around people and the more your tank is being filled. And let's say you get overwhelmed and you're coming back down from Joy Mountain in your day. And now with your spouse or with your children, you can kind of decompress a little bit and you can share these stories and do some of these quieting exercises together. And I want to leave and end this episode today with this scripture from Proverbs 133. And I believe that if you go back to this episode, listen and declare and seek God's wisdom in practical ways of how you can live in joy. This is the state that Solomon talks about that can be yours and that is yours by living in relationship with Christ. It says this, but the one who always listens to me, talking about the Lord, seeking his wisdom, will live in undisturbed, uh, will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear confident and courageous, and you will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. So let's declare that today as we end, that the one who always listens to me, I am, a one, I am one of those ones who will always listen to you, Lord. You, we will live in undisturbed, we will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. So Father, I thank you for this peace. And I will live free from fear. I will live confident and courageous. And I will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. So I pray that image of peace not only is an image, but becomes a reality that Jesus lives inside of your heart would become the peace that would enable and empower you to live unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. That you would live confident, fearless, and courageous and that you will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace that is your blessing today and let that be your strength god bless and we'll see you here next week